This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Yo, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. Um, It looks like Joe probably went hunting the last previous week because we just, I mean, he did a fight companion, but there was just only two other shows. We have Coleman Hughes. Interesting guy. Smart dude. Canadian, I think, right? Mm, Is he Canadian, Todd? Very smart. I don't remember him saying he was Canadian, no. Hassan Ahmed. Ahmed. Yeah, buddy. Funny dude. Great guy. Do you remember seeing him One at the comedy One of the comedians of the... Or, do what? Sorry, I said comedy store. I meant the, the... We call it the new comedy store. The Mothership. The Mothership. The Mothership. The Mothership. We did not see him, no. He he was not performing on on any of the shows that we watched. But he's always there. He performs there a lot. That's his home base now. Smart move for comedians. I mean, really, any of the comedians that kind of took the, you know, the gamble, I guess you could say, and moved to Austin with Joe early on. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, let's create a new scene here. I mean, they didn't know how that was going to go. They didn't know if he was really going to be able to put a club together or what was going to happen. But the I best. think they're the ones that he, the Rogan's like given first dibs to when it comes to getting in working at the comedy mothership and you know it just seems like almost like you get if you want to be a new a, a comedian today and you haven't done stand-up before and you really want to put your effort in i mean it always used to be like move to new york or la you know get in the scene start doing stand-up at all the spots today my advice would be move to austin and do everything you can to get a job at the Comedy Mothership. There we go. You know? I mean, there's only so many spots, obviously, and I'm sure they're fully booked for... But they always need people. And if you're around and in the community, you can be performing the Vulcan. Um, but that's 100% what I would do if, if I was like, right, that's it. Thank Comedy you, Joe, time. for not moving to Montana. Nice work. Austin is the mm-hmm. shit. Uh, what did he say? The the comedy mothership now has over six hundred thousand 
followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. That makes it, I think, the most followed comedy club in the world on Instagram. And it's only been open how long? Six months? Well, and how, how many of, of all the best comedians have moved to Austin in the last year? Like six? Yeah. Like everyone's there. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Little, little update on Coleman Hughes. So he is grew up in Montclair, New Jersey. So he is definitely not Canadian. Uh, and oh. he's only, dude, he's only 27. 27 years old. Wow. Born and what did he say? Philosophy major? Studied the brain? What did he do? He graduated from Columbia University with a BA in philosophy. Yeah, he said he spent most of his time studying uh, consciousness. Mm. So he seemed very chilled, like a so chill dude. Chill. So chill, you know. He's letting Joe like, ramble on and on and on about aliens, and Joe was on one. <laughs> Joe was on one he, that day. He must have just Joe got finished with a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, either that, or he got into the smelling salts. Oh, buddy. Yeah, interesting it's guy. Hard to know. I had never met him. They didn't really uh, mention where they, how they know each other, did they? I don't remember them mentioning if they, how they became, you know, how it, how it came to be that he was on the show. Yeah, well, uh, he has a YouTube channel that's big. Okay, and he's kind of you know making waves for his ideas on that platform, and he, he's j- like clearly just very good at describing things. I, I mean, even when he laid out what's happening in the middle east right now Mm -hmm. um with hamas and israel and just kind of how the whole thing went down i mean honestly that's like one of the better descriptions that i've heard absolutely um yeah so it says he's a writer and opinion columnist who specializes in issues related to race public policy and applied ethics and then he has also as a podcast conversations with coleman tight um yeah i didn't know a lot about him but i like him you know, he's the kind of guy I think that would be a great repeat guest for Joe to have on um, only because, you know, he's he's basically like a news source in a sense. Right. He's like one of those online news source guys. And Joe's had a few of those people on here and there. And and eventually they often get like quite polarizing or they just somehow fall out of favor with him and then it disappears like they just don't come back on the show so it would be nice to have one that we can always trust Mm -hmm. that when he gets on the show it's like okay tell us what's going on get to the fucking meat of what's going down i was really interested to hear and i and i want to know what you think about this todd like all the media bias towards rfk Mm -hmm. right i know there's that energy behind you know this like anti-vaxxing kind of thing that he does you know that people can it's easy to pick on Mm -hmm. but you know he's raising a lot of money people like him you know he's a kennedy for god's sake i mean it's not like he's just some wacko right and yet there's still this like massive pushback and i'm like i don't know what to think about that I mean, is he just going to be another one of those candidates that like barely gets 1% of the vote and it's just a total waste of time to even run? Yes. Absolutely. Hate, hate to say it. He's no Bernie. Yeah, if, he, no Bernie. if he runs as a, a, an intermediate or whatever. Independent, bud. It's, sorry, yeah, independent. <laughs> then that, that's just like why anyone would even do that. I don't know. 
look, the media is like gonna, you, the media. You know, gonna you crush lost him. the race before you start. The, the media will will just be on him like crazy. It's not going to work. Unfortunately, he has no chance. I mean, just to get in the debates, we we are we we're not even having debates this time around, are we? I don't even know if debates are a thing anymore. I feel like it's already. I can Biden even do a debate? Honestly, probably not. But what what I did appreciate about Coleman was, you know, he said he read the books, he read the Fauci book. He seems very open minded. You know, I felt like he agreed with a lot of the Fauci book after checking all the references and the sources. But what mm -hmm. he did say with RFK was there was a lot of, you know, so called facts that were cited in the book that were actually completely false. So that was interesting to hear because. You know, it, it, he also mentioned that if if Peter came on Hotez, that was his last name, right? The mm -hmm. guy, the guy who won't take two million dollars to charity to go on Rogan to debate RFK, and so I, ridiculous. I thought Coleman brought up a good point. He's like, dude, I just read his book, and you know, granted, there's a lot of sources that were correct, but there was also a lot of things that were incorrect. And I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Coleman on this. He clearly went through the book. And I like RFK. I think RFK is awesome. But, you know, unfortunately, everyone's going to think he's a kook and it's not going to work. But I, I appreciated how he said, why doesn't Peter come on and just cite those sources, how they're incorrect and winning, winning game right there. I mean, get him on, dude. I would love, love, love to hear those guys debate. I'm, I'm upset well, that we kind of lost that This is what I don't get about it. And you're a hundred percent right. The, if, there are so many people, right? If the science says that they were always correct, then get a bunch of these smart scientists together right. that agree with Coleman and then put together your argument, right? Yeah. He practices it. He brings his notes on and then he and RFK go at it. It's like you potentially has a winning case if he believes in what he's saying and he can cite some things and prove right. some things wrong and other people can help him kind of put that argument together the you know just this idea that it's going to be so one-sided right it's like regardless of what joe may think like we know that joe's like leaning on the side of like you know the covid stuff was bullshit right. and he's pro rfk but he's a very fair guy if he's there in the middle of this conversation, he's not going to keep jumping all over one of the guests because he just doesn't right. really do that. It's it, it doesn't do a lot for their side, I have to say. Like the idea that Coleman won't go on is still a concern. It's like, why is that happening? Well, and they, it, and they kind of just, just suspicious. Kind of just gave up on the. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the uh, whole topic, really, you know, it was like a, it was a huge thing there for a while. But what what I appreciated about what Coleman and Rogan brought up about RFK is that really they should be calling him an anti-methylmercury person. He's not an anti-vaccine guy. He that that's they're they're 
they're clearly wrong on that. I mean, he's just skeptical about the toxins that are in some of the vaccines, the methylmercury, that the heavy metals that are in the vaccines. That is really what he, you know, is citing as creating, maybe creating autism, maybe creating some of these diseases that we didn't see in the past. And again, this is the one thing that he was very concerned about was the, the heavy metals and toxins in the vaccines. He's not saying vaccines don't work or vaccines are bad. That, that's incorrect. And, but that's right. what everybody, that's what everybody says about him. Right. And then they but just think he's a kook. It just hits so hard though, when you're trying to discourage somebody, you know, in the public eye to say they're an anti-vaxxer. Right. But really, this is akin to saying, hey, I'm a health food person. Yeah. And I don't think that you should eat processed foods. Yeah. Right. This is imagine this is your whole spiel. You're on YouTube. You're one of those guys. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't think you should eat processed food. And then the argument against you is that you are anti food, anti food. Right. And it's like that doesn't how how could that even be an argument? It's like, no, dude. Like, food, you need it. You have to have it. Yeah, I, th I think RFK understands that there are some vaccines you got to have, and we have needed them in the past. But it's like, what are these poisons, potentially? Mm. And that is a really good question, because people don't like to talk about it. You even ask the question, people start looking at you weird, like you're a fucking flat earther. And it's like, hey, I'm just wondering what this stuff is that I'm about to inject in my kids. Yeah. Well, don't give it to your kids. Don't do it. Oh, uh, the COVID vaccine. Do you know it's down? Like, it, it's like 3% or something for people right now getting it. Really? The new booster. Yeah. Nice. It's like way down. Yeah. People are just not into people it are at smart. all. People are smart. Take vitamin D, exercise. Uh, I thought it was really interesting, the you know, the talk about believers and, and people who believe in God in other countries and how strong that belief is. Right. And, mm -hmm. and th this whole re you know, this, this thing about the, the war that's going on in the middle East that we can't even understand as Americans or Westerners of, you know, how you could do these things. And it's like, these people just think they're going to go to heaven as soon as someone else dies. So it's like, if you throw a bomb, whoever you're throwing a bomb at, doesn't matter. They're going straight to heaven. So cool. Makes it easier, right? That was an interesting comment because really not that many people believe that we're going to sit up in the clouds with Jesus in this country. You know, it's just uh -huh. fact, right? I mean, I don't know the numbers, but I think most people just say they're spiritual, bro. Most people are just going to Burning Man and they're they're trying to, you know, understand God in a uh at a molecular level. <laughs> yeah. Do you think being religious makes you less scared of death or less willing no. to give up on life? You know, those people that like they get old, they're like old people, and then they are just hanging on for every surgery, every possible bit. It's like so few people seem to just kind of accept the fact that they're like old as shit and they're on the way out mm. and just let it happen. And I wonder if religious people are like less likely to hold on that way. They're just like, yeah. I get to go to another place. I believe this. So I'm cool. Probably. I'm sure my grandmother was stoked. You know, I'm going to go see, he, she's going to go see her husband and they're going to go hang out and play cards in the clouds. You know, it's almost like, I, 
Maybe the trick is just to get religious when you get really old. Yeah, but when you're young, just think free, be a hippie, be spiritual, whatever. But then when you get old, just be like, all right, I need to log something in just to be sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jesus, you're you're right. Well, but dude, if you don't believe as Jesus as your savior, you're not going to heaven, dude. So that's a good point. You can't pretend. You know. So I don't know what's I don't know what's happening with all those other religions. I don't know what kind of heaven they have, but it's different than Jesus's heaven. Well, it's a it's, weird thing. It's a bit unfair then, in a way, because like where I was brought up in England, they, they, like nobody was religious around me. I didn't know anyone though. Like went to church or was religious mm-hmm. and believed in God, and you know, I I think I knew a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses. Isn't the church up. the pub? Isn't that you just go to the pub? Basically. Yeah. So because I had no concept of any of that, I moved to America when I'm 13. And a lot of people, because I was in New Mexico, a lot of people were religious. And they fucking believe in Jesus. And that was their say. And it was like, they would try and encourage me to go to church. And, oh, yeah, if you come, you're like, you'll just feel it. And then you'll sing. And then you accept him into your heart. That was always the thing that they said. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would hang out with some friends and go to church. We did have one church that a lot of really hot girls from my high school went to. So, of course, I went to that one mm. for a minute. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I'm a teenager. You're motivated by different things. There you go. But it's not like I could just become religious. Like it just, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, I don't know how to believe in someone right. like that. Right. Like th- this isn't like anything I was taught. So I guess tough for me. I never get to go to heaven. Turns out. Well, it interesting with the with the consciousness, and this was my favorite part of this whole conversation was with it's kind of towards the end where. Coleman brings up how he studied philosophy and consciousness was kind of his forte, right? That was what he was into. And mm-hmm. this, uh, this whole notion that everything has a consciousness, right? Or maybe just humans have it. We don't really know, but you know, maybe my plant has a consciousness too. We don't really know. We don't know what it is, but in my mind, and I think Joe is similar in this respect of, of thinking that God is within us, right? Like the universe is God. And he always says this, like, like God is just everything. Right. And that's why the whole notion of heaven to me has always been weird because everybody's like trying to get somewhere, but then they forget about all the things they're supposed to be doing here. It's like, Oh, if I believe in Jesus and I, and I read scripture and I read this and I do this, well, what about like family? And what about you know, caring about your neighbor. I, I feel like some of that stuff gets lost, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen with people who claim to be very religious is that it seems very fake to me, right? They're like, they're always saying one thing and doing another, but that that's just me. That's just what I've experienced. But I like Joe's perspective. And I think Coleman's perspective of this universal thought that we all have, it's like, couldn't that just be God? Isn't that why we have a conscious? That's how I think of it. It's like, you know, right from wrong. That's your conscious is telling you that even some dude who murders someone knows that it's wrong. They're not like, Oh, that was fucking sweet. That was cool. Like nothing wrong with that. Right. You don't just learn, you don't learn right and wrong just because God said it's right and wrong. It's like, it's literally ingrained in us. It's always has been. I think there is definitely some of that. 
Like it is pretty clear, like that innate guilty feeling you get when you do something wrong. It's not just fear of repercussions of punishment. Exactly. It's like, oh, I did something. I know that I did something bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a guy. And if you do enough of it, you're going to feel awful. And it's kind of built into that system. There's something there. And that is consciousness, man. It's like. It's, it's a, it's, you know, you could go on and on and on. We don't know exactly, but I feel like we all can relate to that feeling that we were just talking about. We all know what is right or wrong. I always like that, um, thing that Joe says that it's like our brain is maybe an antenna for consciousness. Mm -hmm. And he said these things like often before it's like, yeah, it's just this accumulation of atoms and this weird, um, set up it's just all parts of the universe anyway and all of a sudden it can do things and think and be aware of itself like he says you're the universe experiencing itself it's tight it's yeah it is tight and it's like why chop the arm off the body's still going the leg you know even take the heart out and replace it with another heart it's like you're still going the brain you shoot a bullet through that you switch off it's done. It's like the <laughs> antenna breaks. Yeah, but we don't. But our consciousness still lives. It's like they were saying it. They were saying it, it could be in every an, uh, atom. What was that? Panpsychism, the view that mm. all things have a mind or a mind-like quality. That's what Coleman was kind of preaching on there for a minute. The panpsychism. Yeah, well, like a type of a type of consciousness it that said, it's that's not really, I guess, like realized. You know. Well, he was, I mean, he was saying that it's, well, panpsychism, this is just a, a theory, right? That the view, a view that all things have a mind or a mind-like quality. So not just humans, but everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird what he said that we are no closer to answering the question of like what consciousness is today mm-hmm. as we ever have been. It's like science can't even answer it, is something Coleman said. That. And that, that whole bit that. was just brilliant, I thought. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. It's like science isn't designed to answer that question. It seems like a question science should answer right. or will be able to, but it just the way science is set up, it's like it's more of potentially a philosophy question. Well, it's science is observable observable things. If you can't observe it, you can't have any sort of theory or you can't test it if you can't see it. You can't see consciousness, so how are you supposed but to? But it seems it seems like we should be able to, right? You can, <laughs> but you can see consciousness, bro. You feel in, it. You feel it. Okay. Right. We feel it ourselves. <laughs> so every single person gets to experience this. So every individual person knows that they have it, mm-hmm. and you can look at another person and be like, "Oh, they have consciousness." Like we can't do that. that. By the way, that we just don't know acting. what the fuck it is. Yeah. Like what is it then? Well, it sure is going to be weird when we can read people's minds because you know that's going to be happening soon. I love how he yeah. played that that video from the World uh, Health Forum again of that lady. She's like thinking about the hot dude and ends up getting fired or like her boss knows that she's thinking about the hot guy, right? Yeah, that, that was creepy <laughs> so as hell. Creepy. Oh, dude. How about the gut bacteria, right? That's kind of this whole idea that you know, our body works, obviously our body works together with our brain, like our gut is connected to our brain somehow. We don't really understand how that works either, do we? But we know it. it's a thing. 
yeah, I mean, they they can link like anxiety, depression, ill health to like gut bacteria. Yeah. And like poor gut bacteria for sure. Human behavior off of gut bacteria. What was that? What was the thing about the the tattoo behind the ear? How it could predict what you're thinking about? Did you write anything down about that? Oh, I don't remember that. It was the he called it fMRI or ESG. Um, it's an actual tattoo. Sorry, he, he mentioned that they were that there was something in China where they're putting tattoos behind people's ears, and they can sense kind of like the way you're reacting to things. So like they have enough data if they, you know, have enough of these tattoos on people, they have enough data of how they're thinking, excuse me, from the tattoo. I'm going to have to look this up because I wrote it down and then huh. I didn't look it up, but it seemed kind of crazy. I mean, I think it's similar to, you know, probably like a lie detector test, right? I don't know how that works with a tattoo, but like they can tell from the, the nerves, right? It's like it's, okay. it's sending a it's sending a message through whatever they tatted on, like near your head, right? I'm gonna look that up. Well, I mean, they talked a bunch about AI and like how that should be kind of regulated and and created. And on the same line as anything AI, the more we implement AI into situations. Uh, social or otherwise the workplace, mm -hmm. I think AI is going to be very good at predict predicting behavior. It's like Hell you yeah, won't interview with, you won't be interviewing with like people at the office soon. You'll be interviewing with an AI, I'm sure. Mm. And it'd just be a program that will just be able to predict how well they're going to work. Are they telling the truth? You know, are they a good employee? Like it'd just be able to figure all those things out from a bunch of like cue points. Of like how you're looking, how you're mm. behaving, how you like quickly you s respond to answers. It's going to be very strange, dude. Well, like, I'm just going to sit there and go, guess. can I talk to a real human? Press zero, 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 zero. Let me talk to a real human, goddammit. I need to pay my credit card bill. I don't want to talk <laughs> to you. I need to ask a question to Wells Fargo, and I don't want to talk to a computer. So hopefully the new AI can at least get on the other end of the phone when I dial and I listen to some automated bullshit and I can't get the answer I need. Cause man, that yeah, drives I me mean, nuts. We only don't like the automated <laughs> stuff now cause it's so cause fucking it doesn't clunky. work. No, it's like, did you say this? Yeah. Say yes. And it's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> the, the best is when it's like, you know, you call the bank or whatever and it just goes, um, just what can we help you with? And it's like, hey, I can't just say anything. You're not going to know what mm. I'm saying. And that shit never fucking works. But when it gets good, dude, when it's like an AI that's like, oh, yeah, tell me what you need. And we're sorted right out. This is great. We've got great relationships with you. And you have money in the bank. I'd be happy to help mm. you. Yeah. And you always get through to somebody because they don't have to pay a fucking call cent anymore. All right, so it was with I'm I'm looking this up so I don't sound stupid here. Functional magnetic resonance imaging. So fMRI, it says it's a imaging or functional MRI. It measures brain activity by detecting changes associated with blood flow. So what Coleman was saying is there's some sort of tattoo that they're trying to figure out that can tell the like the way your blood is flowing so that will tell it will be able to and they obviously they haven't figured this out yet, but the idea is to then be able to see how people are performing, right? 
And mm. if their if their if their mind is, you know, for whatever reason, the blood flow is is saying like you're into it or you're not into it. I I don't fucking know, but it seemed crazy. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, look. At the end of the day, employers. If you're employed by a corporation, they will know everything that you are thinking and doing, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, we it's think it's time bad to be now. Self-employed. We think folks. it's bad now. It's going to get strange. Uh, let's jump says, over to, anyway, uh, let's finish up with Coleman. He is an interesting guy. I hope he gets back on. Very smart dude. Really calm demeanor and and a great way of breaking things down. I mean, I, I liked a lot of that conversation for sure. Oh, dude, um, for a 27-year-old, so chill, very open-minded, seems to just want to know the answers. He's very mat- meticulous with his research, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's a young I'd, guy. I'd vote for him for young president. Guy. Let's go. Smart. Let's jump over to Asan Ahmed. Um, yeah, great comedian, dude. Funny, funny guy. So he's been doing this for some time. Obviously, like we were saying at the beginning, big down there in the comedy mothership now. Um, you know, I loved how they were talking about um, good old Kill Tony regular William. Um, what's William's last name? Montgomery. That's it, Montgomery. Mm. And Joe was like, I can't put him on first. He's too bizarre. He just freaked the crowd out. Like, someone's got to warm him up first before you can bring William out. The guy's insane. And it's a good point. He's he's one of my favorites of all time. Always talking about the Chupacabra Cantina. I love how he brought that up because we heard that when we were there. It's like, I yeah. was at the Chupacabra Cantina. And he's always talking about how their food sucks. He probably gets free food over there because he mentions it so much. He, no he, doubt. He fucking They're not even the, mad, dude. He loves the cantina. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> While we were there, I did Google that place to see if it was like any good. And the reviews are not great. Oh. So maybe, maybe he doesn't think <laughs> that it's actually that good. But it's... It's a uh, a Mexican joint just around the corner from the comedy mothership. Mm. Uh, yeah. When are we going back? Let's go soon. Let's let's talk about making that happen. We um, should. It should be like a yearly pilgrimage, I think. So at least by next April, we'll go back down there. Hell yeah. Well, I, I just want to mention, I don't want to get on the war stuff too much, but the whole hospital thing, I mean, they went into it for a while there. It's just crazy how... They don't like basically the the media picked up all this stuff about that hospital getting blown up, and then actually the real news is that it was the parking lot next to the hospital, and so now mm. everybody's retracting. So it's just it's, well, the it's New York insane. Times posted the wrong picture, and it's like, how the fuck does that happen? Well, it was it wasn't even the right building. It's like, come on, New York Times, we're supposed to believe you. We already don't want to. And now I don't even more. Like, well done. How about the lack of pollution from cargo ships is is making the climate warmer? That was something I hadn't heard before. Like di- during COVID, where there was so there was so little cargo ships that actually the climate's getting warmer because more sun is getting reflected off off of the ocean and creating mm-hmm. a warmer climate because there's not enough pollution in the air to block all that nastiness. Well, it was the, yeah, they were saying that the ocean was getting warmer because there's not like mm. clouds 
above it. One thing I noticed at the beginning of COVID, because obviously I lived in L.A., is the air, and a lot of people noticed this. It was like it, the, you didn't need to bring it up in conversation. People were talking about it. Yeah. It was that the air got so clean within like a week yeah. of really the lockdowns. Mainly, I think, because people weren't driving on the freeway. <clears throat> and the one of the biggest pollutants is the brake dust. Right. You know, it's like the car emissions is not great, but it's just a gas and it dissipates and it does increase the carbon in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But it's not like heavy matter that like floats around in a dust that mm. gets in your lungs. And right. that and the brake dust does that. Mm. I mean, it was almost always everywhere it, at your place a lot of people didn't have ac out there so they would just have their windows open you know if you need the ocean you get like fresh air but everything had this like weird black dust on it after mm. a while and i i'm sure it was from that brake dust and and of course no planes in the sky right so nothing was flying i mean it just smelled so different mm. it was really interesting you could smell the and, sea yeah, I mean, it was cleaner, right? But I don't know. It still sounds to me like we should lower emissions on those fucking massive tankers dragging shit all over the planet. I mean, even if the water is heating up a bit more, it's like, yeah, but ultimately, isn't it still better to figure out a way to run those things on something else? Little nuclear reactors or well, electric? Well, we all know nuclear is the way to go, but that doesn't make enough money on them. It doesn't. Uh, all right. Well, they got into spirituality again. We might as well go there again because we're talking let's, about let's get good, good energy and bad energy. And you can, you know, you you feel it, right? You just feel it in some people. Like you, it's this mm. whole thing. You walk into the room, you either light up. Some the people room, just suck, dude. Or you just get all your energy just gets drained, and you're like, oh god. But it's so it's such a real thing. I mean, without yeah. even talking, you can just feel it in people if they're nervous or. Their energy's bad, or there's just something there, and that—that's the whole. I mean, thing. if you—if you ever had it where you're at a party, and it's like, and you're a good storyteller at a party, like you're always fun, you know, you've got good energy, you'll just be being silly, making people laugh, all the rest of it, and then somebody grabs everyone's attention, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I thought about that too," and then they just go into this long story that doesn't match any of the energy of the party. They're trying to make like a particular point, like they want to switch you over or win your vote or something and you're just like dude this dude. is so fucking dude. boring dude. and not relevant at all and then no one wants to talk after that awkward silence everyone yeah. gets a little weird people start walking couple of people, away couple of people just walk away mm -hmm. that's always a good move just to like back out oh, of yeah. one of those yep. see ya but the worst thing is those people will drag you in they find someone that they can drag into the conversation so you can't just be like yeah I don't know dude I don't know. That's where you want to put your thumb up and just say, great, and then walk off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not fair. It's, the people that trap people like that at parties, you need to not to go not to parties. Know, to not know that you're doing that is, is weird, right? Because I know several people, I'm thinking of one in particular who, you know, you go to their house and all of a sudden they've had a little too much to drink and you're like, oh, fuck, how am I going to get out of here? dude's going to tell a story and I'm not going to be able to leave. Right. And you have to make something up. You got to make something up. Like my dog's got diarrhea. I have diarrhea. I have AIDS. I've got it. No, but for real, like I've got a phone call. I got to take, 
you know, I've, have you been on the phone with someone and you're like, oh, some another phone call is coming in. I got to go. That Those are the types of people that you don't know how to just say, hey, dude, I got to go. Because they just yeah. are telling you a story over and over and over. I usually do just say, hey, uh, look, I got to go. So I need to be better about that. Yeah, I don't, I just can't be bothered to make up something that is not. Like, I won't pretend that someone else is calling me just to yeah. get out of it. I'll just mm. be like, yeah, I got to go, dude. Yeah. It's it's just so much better that way. But you, what's interesting about it is, like, these people are getting feedback all the time. Like, how do you not notice that, the that's feedback? That's what I'm saying. How do you not know that you're doing this? How do you not know that you're trapping me into this conversation of a story that I don't want to hear? Right. It's strange. Yeah. I mean, if you and I are talking and I like, I'll notice myself that my story sucks. It yeah. isn't relevant or is just like Debbie Downer or whatever. It's just not good. Right. Because I can look at you and see that you would not be interested at all. And I'll just be like, dude, this story sucks. Yeah. I'm just, I apologize. Let's move on. Yeah. And then we laugh and that's the end of it. Exactly. These people do not catch it. Like, they are missing those cues. It's like the me trying to explain fMRI like 10 minutes ago. I realized that I was just going on and on about something I have no fucking clue about. You look it up, you read some shit. I still don't understand it, but I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of it as I'm talking to you. And I could just see your face going, uh-huh, Todd, please. Next point, please. Well, it is funny that occasionally, <laughs> well, when we're doing this pod and it must be the way that you take notes, it's like you listen to a part of the podcast you know, Joe or his guest says something that you obviously find interesting that I didn't pay attention to at all because, like, I didn't know, like, I didn't remember that part of it. I was yeah, like, whatever. And for some reason, it captures you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll make a note about this. But then you can't fucking describe it. But you still try. I have a lot of notes. Lots of yeah, notes. Yeah, and it's like, well, don't just don't talk about a note that you have that you can't make sense of. I know. Donkey. Well, I brought it up to see if you could explain it to me, Adam, but clearly you weren't listening <laughs> to that fucking part. <laughs> I'm not responsible for that. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you gotta, you gotta All be, right. Oh, what was that shit about the, they were talking about like some of the immigrants and it's like Venezuela. They want to like send them back. Like there's like a new policy where the government mm. is going to send primarily Venezuelan immigrants back and it's because they came from a socialist place and they're far less likely to vote Democrat so it's like we don't want them Good is luck. that fucking possible Good luck how are you going to do that Is this a thing that's happening Like uh, they're only taking immigrants they're going to vote for the Democratic Party That sounds I mean, like propaganda you would, you would think then if that's a move that's smart then why wouldn't the Republicans want a bunch of Venezuelans to come here that would that seems that that would be smart for them but they don't like any immigrants coming here they get real hung up on immigrants seems to be a thing they get hung up on that and food stamps i don't know mm. i'm not sure buddy and then a few other uh notes i have is when he was talking about how history is taught Mm -hmm. in school or like different countries and this is an interesting thing to think about because like obviously i grew up in england so they didn't teach us american history in fact they didn't even really teach us a lot about like the war of independence 
which is a big part of the history of America. Mm-hmm. It's a war between England and America, and then America got freedom. Yeah. Great well, job, America. Well, it's because England well lost. They don't want to talk about being losers. Exactly. It's like we just go over it real quick. We're like, yeah, we just <laughs> we just lost couldn't the hold the colonies, and no big deal. it's not a big deal. And it's like, hey, guys, it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of a big deal. But yeah. the, he was talking about knowing this Indian girl in school that had no idea like who Hitler was. Right. Right. Crazy. That's so nuts. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, well, it's interesting because my grandfather was in World War II, and he repaired radios. He was like a radio, FM radio, like repair guy or AM. I don't know what they were using. Mm-hmm. But he was stationed in India. So there was something going on over there that was like to do with the war. We had a presence. Um, I guess India just wasn't a big part of it, right? Just and if you're not, not a big part of it, then you got your own problems. Not like, you're not worried stuff. about that wall. Mm. I mean, I didn't learn much about Genghis Khan until this conversation. You know, I oh, always, yeah. I always knew he was like kill a lot of people, dude, messing stuff up and raiding everything and killing everybody. But man, just to to think about the the amount of bones, like literally, like mountains of of dead humans. It was like that crazy. Is that for real? Yeah, supposedly rotting animal All skins the, on their on their skin because they're just like so barbaric. Yeah, the rats. Rat coats. Well, you know, Joe gets all of the... The reason he has all of that information is because he uh, got it from Hardcore History, Mm. which is like a podcast series that is super fascinating. The dude that produces that puts so much fucking work into it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's, it's remarkable how much work he puts in to create these stories. And, yeah, Mountain of Bones change the carbon footprint of the earth it's mm. i still don't even really understand what that means no it's like okay you killed a lot of people so the what the carbon would still be what in their bones wouldn't they just be in the ground then why why would it right. change the carbon footprint because all those people aren't eating food maybe that's a lot of people dude <laughs> what do you say 10 percent of the earth they killed so crazy well on a on a good note the the breaking someone in a set i I love hearing about that because you know you got you always have somebody in the crowd or or crowds of people who maybe don't like the set you're doing and Mm esan was just saying like look i love when you just you go in there and maybe you you think you might not do have a good set and there's somebody kind of giving you shit and all of a sudden you, you turn them around Right. And you get them on your side. And then all of a sudden it's like a community. Again, it's like this positive energy that you get from a crowd. Right. It's like why live comedy is so much better than watching it on Netflix, because there's an energy. There's an energy in the room. So if somebody's being a total dick, that can like ruin an entire night. Just one person being an asshole. Right. A hundred percent. And turning that person around. I mean, that's got to man, that's got to feel good. It's hard to do. What they say it's is, about as hard to do as you can imagine, honestly. Group hypnosis, dude. That's that's what it is. That's what he's saying. Yep. Yeah. That's that's one hundred percent it. It's it is. It's like a mass hypnosis effect, and the, you know the skill that is required is this is what you have to remember about every single comedian that you watch. That's good, right? If you watch a comedian up there and they're good, 
their only good because they walk through the same fire is every other comedian that has become good. And this is why they all have such a tight bond because it's like nobody got there just because they were always funny. Right. They got there because they are funny. Mm -hmm. They've got funnier, but mostly because they can withstand all those horrible sets. It's like these guys and gals become kind of invincible in that way. Like they cannot be yeah. stopped, dude. It's really fucking cool well, stuff. There's a lot of support. Um, there's a lot of support coming up. That's for sure. At least in Austin. Yep. Austin seems like the supportive fucking backbone right now. Mm-hmm. It was funny to hear yeah. Joe saying he doesn't think these, you know, people are from LA are going to, whether they're still giving these guys shit or if, like some of the actors that are comedians won't move from LA because they're so used to LA. I think that's just an older crowd. That's just an older crowd. I think it's all going to converge, man. Austin's the new, it's the new spot. Yeah. And I think it's still great that the LA scene is like coming back around. But I mean, if you go on the comedy store website and see who's headlining over there, it's not the headliners they used to have. Mm. It's not the group that they used to have over there. And I've been since the mothership opened, I back to the comedy store when I visited LA Mm-hmm. We went up there for a show, and it was, I hate to say it, but, like, mostly average at best. I didn't know most of the comedians, <clears throat> um, and it's just kind of what they got to work with right now. They're just, they're kind of there. Well, you got any other notes before we end this one? They're definitely not selling out every night, that's for sure. No, it doesn't seem like it did. They were not when I went there. There used to be big lines at the comedy store, and we mm. would just, we walked right in when I went. Yeah, on their Which website, was, what, it just, back in June, I think, just says low ticket warning. It was shit, dude. Joe doesn't even need huh. a website. Uh, what else? Do I got one last thing here? Oh, how does AI get incentive? Let's figure it out, people. Give AI incentive, and they will start crushing. How do we do it? We're about to find out. What do you mean incentive? Well, I was just saying, like you know, we work harder if there's like a prize at the end of the hall you know like if we know we're gonna get something and typically it's money right there's incentive because we get paid yeah but how do you teach ai that right because ai if if they don't have you know i don't know what that is that that drive that we have to do and create and you know make things there's there's does it need drive though like they're just like AI maybe is just not. gonna maybe do just whatever you tell it to do. Maybe just program it. I don't know. Maybe just program it. But program drive. All right. On that note, we call it um, decent week. Interesting guys. Uh, I'd like to see more of them. Uh, Todd, thank you as always. I appreciate it, guys and gals. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.